everyone. Welcome to episode four of season two. In this episode, I sit down with my good friend and teacher, Nora Maskey. To be honest, listening back to this conversation, uh, I was laughing for a good part of it. You know, there's there's some really goofy moments and long, um, not awkward, but long pauses as we both are, you know, definitely in a little bit of a different state than what we usually are in when we engage. And it was just such a fun afternoon. And I'm uh, thrilled that we captured this conversation to share. So a little bit of context into this uh, recording. Um, we met up at Nora's house on Friday, August 3rd, oh, sorry, Friday, July 31st. And we sat on her porch for a good hour and a half and started um, with ingesting a little bit of um, cannabis-infused dark, dark chocolate. And then before we um, went inside to record, uh, we ingested a little bit of cannabis by smoking. And again, we were mindful of the microdose. So this was not about getting blasted. How high can we get? Uh, it really was just about working with the plant, engaging, connecting with each other, and holding space for each other. So by the time we sat down inside her house, we were both we were both feeling it. And, and that's what you're going to hear right off the bat with the conversation that starts is, as we talk a little bit about what we're feeling and what we're experiencing. And uh, right away, I was laughing listening back to this. So the, the majority of our conversation is focused on the analogy of speed hides need. And this is something that was a big part of the mentorship training I did with Nora last year. And one of my... Um, mantras is slow down to speed up. And so hearing speed hide need, hides need just mixed in nicely with what I already practice and what I'm already aware of. So we, we talk a little bit about what that looks like in the body, um, but also culturally, you know, how we can use this to understand, you know, what's going on in the world right now. And Nora comes up with a lot of really interesting points of how um, it can be perceived on um, from different perspectives actually uh, which really helped illuminate it for me because I had been seeing it as, as one way speed hides need for me when I thought culturally especially, uh, especially about this pandemic was that because we had been moving so quick as a society you know if I look at my life and so many other people I've been connecting with that we had a lot on the go juggling a lot of different things and moving at a pretty quick pace and this analogy, speed hides need, is, is showing us that, you know, we can, we can compensate. We can avoid what's uncomfortable. We can, we can over-prioritize um, efficiency and speed. And, and that actually hides some of the really important pieces of maybe what's not working well or where there's some weakness or where there's patterns that are actually leading us astray. Constantly moving quick makes it so it's really hard to actually access the bigger picture and see what's really going on deep down. So this full stop that so many of us experienced in the pandemic, for many people, it caused a lot of issues. Suddenly you're face to face with the things that maybe you'd been really skilled at avoiding. So while that was kind of the main way that I was seeing this pandemic, it was really interesting for me to hear Nora's perspective kind of opened my mind a little bit more to see this in more ways. Now, another thing that uh, I brought up near the beginning of this episode 
is a concept called sponda. And I realized after the fact that many people might not know what that is. So sponda is a Sanskrit word. And what it means is the divine vibration or pulse that is ever-present as waves of contraction and expansion. And universally, um, this is a way to uh, really look at the way that the universe is expanding and contracting. It um, connects down to the deepest level of our breath or um, our cellular matrix. Everything has this pulse of expansion and contraction. And uh, yeah, so I just wanted to mention that as um, give you a little bit of context into what that word means. And if it's something that kind of sparks some inquiry, definitely look into it. It uh, Spanda, Spanda changed the way that I perceived growth. For um, a long time, I, I had this idea that growth was an upward trajectory of some kind. And to understand Spanda, it's to really recognize that um, the bouts of effort or pushing or um, strain, um, expansion is so important. But we also need to honor that contraction, that coming home, that release, relaxation, restoration. And it's through honoring both these modes of movement that that's how we actually create the upward trajectory. This is the foundational level of, of how things move, how things grow. So uh, yeah, look, look into it if that sparks some curiosity for you. So that's all I really wanted to say. Um, I enjoy uh, Nora so much and I'm so grateful that she was willing to create this experience with me and uh, it just brought us even closer. So I'm excited for you all to listen in, have a good laugh, and maybe learn a thing or two as well. Welcome back, everyone. I'm excited to be sitting on the floor across from Nora Maskey. Hi, Nora. Hi, <laughs> so Nora and I have already been chatting and hanging out for, I'd say, about an hour. Mm -hmm. um, so I have a few notes in front of me to circle back to some things that we talked about. But I also, of course, want this just to be um, a continuation from where we left off so that this is not forced or we feel like we're performing. This is really actually still about you and I connecting today. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so uh, obviously in season one, when we chatted, it was a lot about um, physical health, movement, physicality. And uh, so I, I do think that will still come up in our conversation today. Um, but before we even dive in, I guess, um, how are you feeling right now? We we ingested a little bit outside, some chocolate and some um, smoking some cannabis as well. Uh, and it's been a little while for you since you've done something like that. Uh, how are you feeling? What's going on in your body? What's going on in your mind right now? I am feeling the effects of the cannabis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, um, and it feels just right. Like it's not yeah. too much. Yeah. Like I'm aware of it and... Um, and I'm aware of it. Yeah, yeah there we go. <laughs> Multi-layered there. Right. Yeah. 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 What does that feel like in your body? How would you describe what you're feeling? Um, I get a mouth feel from it. Like I'm yeah. like, I'm, I'm a little bit of a dry mouth. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And a little bit, um, 
like a felt sense that I'm wearing a hat. <laughs> and she's not. She's not wearing a hat. <laughs> what kind of hat? <laughs> I'm an energy hat. <laughs> I love that. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. It just feels like there's like a layer of energy in in the form of a hat that is, that I'm aware of. Yeah. That I wouldn't be if I hadn't ingested cannabis. Interesting. Yeah. I'm feeling that too. I hadn't actually the so the mouth that often comes up for me. Uh huh. I even remember once at a I had smoked with a few of my siblings and we were going into the movie theater to watch a movie, obviously, and we came across a another family that we used to be close with that um, are Mormon actually and all of us were just so high and they just stopped us and wanted to talk and uh, I would in mid-sentence my mouth just went completely dry mm-hmm. I couldn't talk anymore mm-hmm. and so again people staring at me mid-sentence I had to grab my water bottle and I just chugged for about 15 seconds <laughs> and then was able to continue on and mm-hmm. yeah uh, I'm sure they thought something was going on. Yeah. That's the perspective we often get when we're high. It's like, am I, what am I doing? Is yeah. it normal? Does everyone know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Most people are just busy with their own stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the, the energetic hat, um, as you describe that, I feel that as well. And I also feel almost like this hat, maybe it's more of an umbrella because it has this pole that's going down. I feel it down my throat. Mm. I feel uh, almost down to my belly of just like this pull a little bit okay some density okay interesting it is interesting (laughs) cool yeah and and you know as you were mentioning outside that you you kind of feel a little bit like your your brain's on vacation right now Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. talk more about that like what's where are you at right now and and what's um what are you excited about what are you looking forward to um which part Oh, this is so funny. This is one of the things I notice that I do is that I'll ask a question, but it's a really like big question that goes off in different directions. And so it doesn't make it that easy to actually answer. Um, so talk about your vacation brain. Let's just start there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, my vacation brain, um, I think it's related to the amount of time I'm spending by myself. Yeah. Um, with, uh, with COVID, um, I think that's what triggered it. And, um, and then just the big changes that um, many of us have been going through in our lifestyles mm-hmm. uh, because of COVID. Um, I mean, it changed my work and I got a little lost there for a while. Mm-hmm. And then I needed to shift gears and kind of re, you know, like, um, revisit how we were offering content yeah. Um, for teacher training and even how I was going to um, connect with my students and, and be able to offer them yoga when um, the studio I was teaching at closed right. and in-person classes were not, no one wanted to do in-person classes yeah. at that time. Yeah. And so there was a lot of change and I felt like I needed um, to focus my energy for a while and then once I done that I'm like it's summer Mm -hmm. it's beautiful and my brain really just doesn't want to do that work yeah so it's on vacation yeah (laughs) yeah yeah it's been a lot a lot of not only a lot of change but a lot of admin work Mm -hmm. and even as you mentioned outside as well of you know not only is a lot of change but it's about learning like how to use these new tools that Mm -hmm. we're now excited to be using but it's 
it's a lot. It takes it's a lot a learning of, curve. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I'm happy to hear that your your brain's just kind of relaxed right now and <laughs> ready to let go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the notes that I had made a few days ago when I was thinking about some conversation or topics that I want to um, bring up today and the and I mentioned it outside was the speed hides need uh-huh. and. I think that would be an interesting thing for us to talk about because not only does it relate directly to the physical body, mm-hmm. but what comes up for me as well is just the how the world did kind of just stop in mm-hmm. a sense, you mm-hmm. know, for a little while mm-hmm. and how quick we were moving before, how much speed there was. Mm-hmm. And so this concept of speed hides need, how that might be related to, to what we're experiencing right now, systemically, mm-hmm. culturally as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, when you first taught that to me, it really, really struck a chord and stood out because I am someone who loves speed in certain areas of my life um, and power and, and strength. And I, that was a really important new perspective to start looking at as when is this speed or strength serving me and when is it actually maybe hiding something else that's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so what what does that bring up for you when you think about speed hides need? Um, well, I definitely think about it in terms of the body. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, uh, uh, and what I'm curious about exploring in my own practice and in my teaching is, is um, finding some fluidity in our movement and we can only do that if we slow it down enough. Right. Um, and and we talked about this outside as well of what true mobility is mm-hmm. in terms of being able to control that movement, and if you move fast, your opportunity to actually control that movement is diminished. Right. Um, you can train yourself to do that, of course, but it you know like for most of us we move faster than kind of like our our bodies can mm-hmm. follow with yeah. integrity. Right. Which could be as simple as, you know, moving from down dog into a plank or, or really from one position to another, just looking at how fast am I moving. Uh-huh. Yeah. So the uh-huh. transition, is there other areas of the practice that that relates to, the speed hides need, or is it generally in transition? I think it's generally, it's in transition. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I mean, it's been my experience as a, as a, as a teacher watching um, people move in, in a yoga class, mm-hmm. um, how some people will jerk from one position to the next. Yeah. So that there's very little time in the transition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and our movement lives are really spent more in that transition than in any fixed point. Yeah. Like yoga is a little unique that way. You get into a position mm-hmm. at a fixed point and you might, and you stay there for a little bit. Right. Whereas, you know, in our day-to-day lives, and you're watching me move because mm-hmm. I move, mm-hmm. and my arms are <laughs> moving around in space, um, we're meant to move. And so I, I get really curious about that transition from one position to the next. Mm-hmm. Is it treated like a vital part of what you're doing? Or are you only looking, I'm here, and here's where I'm going, and you're not interested in what's happening in between mm-hmm. the journey. Yeah. Yeah. Which, so when you talk about that, it makes me think as well of, uh, on the, maybe this is on the mental or the emotional realm, 
the the stimulus and then the impulsive reaction or mm-hmm. the response mm-hmm. and how you know even just thinking about a body kind of moving from one position and slamming into the next or falling into the next position uh-huh. or getting there as quick as possible and how we're missing out on this huge delicious space of nuance and and depth mm-hmm. and it could be the same as when you're thinking about stimulus something triggered me or I noticed something and then how quick I just react versus like, mm-hmm. let me feel this out. Like mm-hmm. the space between what just mm-hmm. happened and how I'm going to respond to it. Mm-hmm. You know, you can see it on, on different planes. Absolutely. So how does one practice developing this ability to slow down? Um, well, we were talking a little bit about meditation outside. Yeah. And I... And I um, I was talking about consciousness and its contents. Yeah, yeah, let's talk about that. Share, share <laughs> that again. That's a really cool analogy. Okay, mm-hmm. so that consciousness is the kind of, if I describe it differently and it doesn't sound right, let me know. Okay. Um, so consciousness is the, um, the tableau, if you will, upon which all of the contents of consciousness, so our felt sense of our body, what we notice going on in our body, our breathing, our all like all of our sentence, senses mm-hmm. and the thoughts. Mm-hmm. Anything so, we can notice. Anything we can notice. Anything that our brain can create, shall I say, a story about. Yeah. Oh yeah. look, I'm taking a deep breath. Mm-hmm. Look, I just stubbed my toe or I'm yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so is that body-mind connection? Yes, yeah. Um, and so I think what you were describing is the, um, the contents of consciousness and um, in meditation we're told for our mind to be still or be quiet. Yeah. Uh, I talked about, you know, the second, third Yoga Sutra, Yoga Chitta Vritti Narodaha. Yoga is the calming or the stilling of fluctuations of heart and mind stuff thoughts and feelings yeah if you will um and it's possible if we think about it from the perspective of um, the contents of consciousness just are what they are Mm -hmm. and we have a choice to say oh look there's a thought Mm -hmm. and either say hey i'm really curious about this thought and engage it yeah and that can be if it's a conscious choice that's not a problem. Yes. Or we can say, oh, there, I'm thinking a thought. And as I look at the thought, the thought dissolves. I don't need to engage it. And I just come back to consciousness rather than focusing on a content. Yes. Yes. So the example that I brought up outside that I, I think now really makes more sense with this to kind of um, piece it out. So when I was meditating last week in my room, that, that story I shared of... Um, it was a really windy day and, and the blinds in my room, you know, they have the little turny thing that you can open or close the blinds. I need to know the name of what it is. I keep calling it the turny thing. Um, but because of the wind, it, it was just bang, bang, bang. And I had just sat down t- for some, some me time. And, and my first reaction as I heard that was, oh, how annoying. Mm-hmm. Like that's a really distracting sound. And because of my practice, it was, okay, notice what consciousness just noticed, the contents of consciousness. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, I chose to engage with it. Mm-hmm. So, and it was a conscious choice. So an unconscious engagement with it may would have just been the first reaction, potentially. Mm-hmm. Being reactive. Yes. 
So instead, because I was aware of it and then I'm practicing being conscious and being in my body, it was, oh, interesting. Like, I just got really annoyed. And then what am I noticing in my body? And as I really just allowed to this sound to be included in my experience, I noticed the little pang or like flutter. Every time I heard the, the bang, it startled me a little bit. My nervous system reacted. And, and it wasn't consistent, though. It would stop. And then I would just drop into my body, and I was in, in the flow of just being and feeling. And then the sound would start again. And then again, it would be, oh, interesting, something just shifted. And then after a little bit of time, it was about 15 minutes, that's when I decided to take action of tying it down so it stopped banging. So these different avenues you described of the contents of consciousness and how you can, you might unconsciously engage or you mm-hmm. consciously engage. Mm-hmm. And then there's also this other option of surrender, let it float, let it, let it leave. Mm-hmm. So in that situation or that example, then if I'd been sitting there and allowing the sound to be there, but mm-hmm. I wasn't going in to feel it, what would be the letting it let go surrender? Would it be, it's just a noise and allow it to be there and don't even like yeah. go in to explore it. Just yeah. let it be there. Or even just, and even just acknowledge, Oh, I'm noticing that noise. Yeah. And let it go. Yeah. It's like, Oh, I just noticed it. Okay. Let it go. Yeah. And then here's a new, a new noise or a new mm-hmm. thought and, mm-hmm. and things just kind of float by like the, the analogy of the watching the clouds float instead mm-hmm. of engaging or jumping into the clouds. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's the same idea. The sky itself is, um, in the metaphor mm-hmm. consciousness yeah. and the clouds are the contents of consciousness. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So that, that what brought you into this was me talking about the response and the reaction and that space between. So what helps us develop or even slow down to start creating, creating the relationship with the transition. Mm-hmm. Is that part of it is recognizing that there's different ways of engaging with what's happening in the moment. Mm-hmm. That's part of it for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the speed heights need yeah. um, analogy, uh, there's very little time between um, um, thought and reaction. Mm-hmm. And part of the skill is to slow down enough because the reaction, um, you know, if we want to go yoga is, Mm -hmm. is creating suffering. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. You, you create the scenario where you get distressed because of the turning, uh, turny thing Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) hitting the blinds. Yeah. Right. So that doesn't change what it is or what's happening, Mm -hmm. but you create suffering for yourself with that quick kind of um automated response yes. right yeah um because it it's it's also um if i get too far down this rabbit hole let me know i'll try um, okay <laughs> um it's also um about expectation mm-hmm. um and um uh you know i expect to sit down on my meditation cushion for uh, 15 minutes without any disturbance and then this mm. sound comes in and it's like damn it <laughs> yes <laughs> right yeah and it could you could still sit there with it which is what you found yeah. and not get upset about it mm-hmm. 
Not so, suffer yeah. through it. Not suffer. <laughs> yeah. 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 So the, you know, the suffering was, uh, was an option. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so that tends to be a very quick response mm-hmm. or reaction. I'm yes. going to use my words carefully here. Yeah. So it's, it's like, um, action reaction. So thought reaction mm-hmm. versus thought response. And I consider the response to be, um, what you did is like, oh, I'm curious about, you know, uh, why this is disturbing me. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. what's behind it. Yeah. Yeah. I, to me, reaction is the way I like to describe it is that the reaction, the first reaction, the impulse mm-hmm. is something that we can, we have only been able to think or do in the past. Yes. It's, it's an action that we are redoing. Yes. Right. And, and so many of us, or I'll speak for myself that I often, you know, I'm noticing that I don't want to continue reacting in certain ways. I don't mm-hmm. want to continue certain patterns that I notice mm-hmm. don't serve me. Mm-hmm. So if I'm living in the world of reaction, I'm just continuing what's been done in the past. Mm-hmm. So I, I like the, that delineation between the reaction versus the response is there's space there. Mm-hmm. There's been a moment to really reappraise versus just go with whatever first thought or mm-hmm. feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's a really important thing to, mm-hmm. to discern. Mm-hmm. And this um, just came to me that in some ways it's really similar, like that physical speed hides need yeah. where we might move jerkily. Yeah. Um, and that um, thought reaction or thought response, um, both of them are um, about being present. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. when you know like the, usually the thought reaction of you know that turning thing hits the blind and it creates uh, it creates a nervous system response mm-hmm. that you are reacting to yes mm-hmm. um, and that and it's kind of like it happens so fast that you don't realize that you're just caught up the thing hitting the blind isn't changing at all mm-hmm um, and you're, and what happens with that reaction is you're not even paying attention to the blind turning thing. Mm-hmm. You're actually paying attention to your frustration. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's not even about that. It's what it's doing to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it, it, then it doesn't become a, um, a process of being present. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Because if you were present, you would stick with, oh, I'm aware of this. Yeah. And it would be non-reactive. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so when it comes to movement, the, uh, that, that visual for me is so vivid of the, you know, imagining two different positions and, and watching the transition mm-hmm. and how you, you know, I've seen people that it looks like they're moving through honey. Yeah. Like every movement is just so deep and rich. And, and I've experienced this for myself as well. Not only have seen it in other people of the, the jerkiness that you're talking about mm-hmm. of moving from point A to point B. And really that idea of like point E point B is, is where I want to be. Mm-hmm. And so why would I take my time? It's just like, no, just slam right into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I love that, that notion that speed hides need. There's it's the onion or the layers beneath that we so often are just, you know, well, the quickest way is just just jump into it, but it, mm-hmm. we're missing so much more going on. Mm-hmm. And there were other ways that you described it. Um, speed hides need. Uh, 
I didn't bring my right notebook today, mm-hmm. so I don't have them. But there were like six different ways that we went through and described the same thing. Hmm. Well, in the physical body, um, speed um, can hide need because it can cre- create repetitive movement patterns could that, that can eventually create injury. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, because our bodies are adaptable, we as humans are adaptable for both better and worse. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, the, the, the better is, you know, things that you're interested in, like neuroplasticity. Mm-hmm. Um, and the worse is um, um, moving repetitively and um, quickly. Um, so with, I would say, with a lack of integrity, yeah. then we end up with joint injuries, for example, or the strong muscles get stronger, the weak muscles atrophy, right. the ones that mm-hmm. aren't doing a particular action atrophy, and then all of a sudden, the muscle that's been doing the majority of the work gets injured, and then the because the other muscles haven't been carrying their load. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It does, yeah. And so that's could be like speed hides weakness it does yeah it does because you're going to be relying on the muscles that allow you to move quick mm-hmm. when you're still not engaging these other muscles that need to be developed mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and um, um moving slowly um is a is a is a richer experience Mm-hmm. In the in the physical body, you talked about, um, you know, seeing people move like they're moving through honey, yeah. and that's it. And it's almost like they're enjoying. In, in my mind, what I see is enjoying every part of the journey between point yeah. A and point B. Yes. Yeah. So that now brings me to Titan. Okay. So this. This was something I'd learned from you. And, and I do remember initially in the training that I took, the most recent training I took with you, um, that when you, I actually wrote it in my other notebook, is when, when you first brought up Titan, I actually wrote underneath it, um, Titan is tensegrity and Titan is sponda. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell us what Titan is. Um, tight, so <laughs> how technical yeah. do you Just, want it to be? Just go with whatever feels natural, and if it doesn't, if I need more technicality, then I can ask for it. Okay. If okay. that's helpful, unless you want me to just tell you, to be technical or not. <laughs> I will carry on. Okay. <laughs> um, so um, the movement um, part of your muscle has three po- proteins that um, create muscle contraction. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, most of the time, most of the medical textbooks talk about actin and myosin, which are two proteins, Mm -hmm. um, that slide across each other, um, and form a bond and that contracts your muscle. Right. I think you had described it as almost like Velcro. Yeah. Gripping and holding. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it can actually creep along. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and, um, and so there's, uh, actually a third type, um, uh, protein is actually, much bigger than the other two, mm-hmm. um, and researchers didn't know what to make of it, so we didn't really hear about it. <laughs> I was joking about it. Right. It's like, how could you miss it? It's yeah. this big springy protein inside this little 
But it doesn't um, fit in our model, so let's yeah, just keep it off gonna, to the side. We don't understand it, so we're just not going to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's still a theory. Mm, yeah. Um, and so a theory, you know, is basically a work in progress. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's this third protein, and it's coiled, and um, because it doesn't cause that same shortening with contraction, I don't. Mm-hmm. I think that's where they got lost on what does this do? Yeah. And what it actually um, helps for us is that fluid movement you're talking about, mm. because it allows a muscle to lengthen while still remaining um, active in a contraction. Mm-hmm. So the muscle is stretching and contracting at the same time. In our brains, we um, we tend to think of the word contraction meaning to shorten. Yeah. Um, and um, it, it, in terms of muscles, it's actually just tone. Mm-hmm. So a contraction is an increase of tone. Mm-hmm. So when you're engaging your muscle, it's not getting shorter. It's just getting... That's, yeah. So there are different types of contraction. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's one type that you were talking about. Engaging. Engaging without moving is isometric. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Iso um, being for same and metric being for length. Yeah. So... um, Versus a bicep curl. Bicep curl when you're pulling your hand towards your shoulder mm-hmm. is concentric. Right. So it actually, that's the one we think of the most when we think of muscles contracting. Shortening mm-hmm. um, to create the increase in tone. Right. Yeah. To get the bulge. Yes. Yeah. So that's, and then eccentric is reaching away. So I can still keep my biceps strong as I, you know, imagine that I'm pushing a wall away from my body Uh so it's still engaged but the muscle appears to be getting longer as it's engaged yes eccentric that's eccentric Mm -hmm. and so a a lot of people say eccentric movement rather than contraction because our brains think contraction means shortening right Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. you'll anyway Mm -hmm. dog leg Um, and it's actually Titan that is the most responsible for that, for the fact that you can lengthen your muscle while it's still contracted. Mm-hmm. That's the domain of Titan. Mm-hmm. So that's the, I love that it's spiraled and it really is about expansion and contraction. Mm-hmm. It's giving us the, uh, the ability or the, the tensegrity as we were talking about before, mm-hmm. the, the balance of that that tension and compression that allows it to find different forms of movement, even in a engaged state. Mm-hmm. It, it really does feel like the, it's, it's, it is like tensegrity or, or sponda with, mm-hmm. you know, the expansion and contraction of energy. Mm-hmm. It's how it lands in the body. That there is, there's an elastic quality to it. There's yeah. always some tone there. Yeah. 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 Mm. And so in that, back to speed heights need yeah. if we were to do a bicep curl yeah and we're using that concentric energy to bring the hand towards the shoulder mm-hmm. um and so here's the speed heights need let's say i've got a 10 pound weight in my hand yeah and you say nora put down the weight i can do that slowly and deliberately mm-hmm. or i can throw the weight down and then i've moved my joints through a very rapid uh, range, mm-hmm. uh, like through a big range of movement in a very rapid fashion, and I haven't actually used the muscles themselves. Mm-hmm. I've just 
I've done the like the, the model of contract and release. Yeah. I've just released. Yeah. I've just let my muscle not do anything. And that is sometimes how we might move when we're jerking from pose to pose on a yoga mat. Mm-hmm. Does that connection make sense? Yeah, yeah. So it'd be like you're you're engaged and in potentially even in great alignment in one position, and then you let go of all of it to slam into another position and then refine engagement. Yes. So you're missing out on that space of what it means to move from A to B. To use your Titan. Yeah, to use your Titan. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hmm. So how does, what comes up for you when you think about that in terms of this pandemic of speed hides need? Hmm. Yeah, this is me pausing for thought. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, I haven't really thought of it in those terms. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, my brain is like, what you want me yeah. to think? <laughs> I'm on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> um, speed hides need. Um, be, my initial reaction is I kind of think in some scenarios that the opposite is what happened. Hmm. That there was some inertia mm-hmm. initially. Mm-hmm. Um. So that um, the ability to get on top of protocols mm-hmm. was um, perhaps delayed mm-hmm. to the detriment of people who got sick or died. Yeah. 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 So I've, I've been kind of thinking about it. Like It's like, oh, could you speed up a bit? <laughs> yeah. And... Um, And there, there have been some cases, I guess, where where they're um, on a, you know, like basically on a public level where changes were made too quickly for people to be able to adapt and that just elevated stress, mm-hmm. uh, um, the stress response in people. Mm-hmm. So in that regard, yeah, too, too many changes too quickly yeah. on, a, on a day-to-day level and a personal level mm-hmm. um, creates distress. Yeah, yeah. So, that's part of it. And thinking about it in terms of speed hides need, um, there's also the idea of, of many of us had to stay home. Mm-hmm. And we were perhaps used to um, moving through our days at a higher speed. Oh, yeah. And now we need to slow down. And for some people, this isn't true for everyone, you know, all the parents who had to not only do their jobs from home, but to homeschool their kids. Yeah. I really feel for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and in my case, I, I'm moving way slower in my life right now. And, and um, so the speed of my days in the pre-COVID world um, meant that I was too busy doing without enough time to reflect on whether or not I really wanted to be doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I think for a lot of us, our, our, this pause, so some people have actually 
being out of work because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, others, you know, are work are at home and like I am most of the time and mm-hmm. not moving as quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for some people, it's it's given us pause to actually think. Well, what do I really want? Yeah, yeah. You know, this is an opportunity to slow down enough and ask. Mm-hmm. You know, what do I want? What do I need? Um, what will allow me to live joyfully? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I'm projecting my thought process. <laughs> no, I think. Well, I can relate to that, and I'm sure a lot of other people can too. Of the, you know, when you do finally slow down, whether you chose or not. It's, it's almost like things start boiling to the surface that we're always there. Mm-hmm. But when you're moving quick and keeping yourself busy and uh, allowing distraction or, or just, you know, just having a busy life in general, there's no space for these things to really be felt and, and mm-hmm. experienced or explored. Mm-hmm. And so it is, it's a protection and survival mechanism to kind of just be like, well, I'm just going to put on this mask or just you know, head down, do what I need to do because these are all priorities and I can't actually stop to, to consider, is this what I want? Mm-hmm. You know, so I can, for some people, that's, I'm sure why that this mental health crisis has Absolutely. gotten so much worse. It's fewer distractions. We can't really avoid ourselves mm-hmm. <laughs> when we're at home with ourselves mm-hmm. all day long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in a busy day, um, you're doing A, B, C, D mm-hmm. um, without enough space to even contemplate fully what A, B, C, and D are. They're just things that you do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or things that I do. Sorry. Mm-hmm. First person. <laughs> well, did you find that during like, the beginning or at any point of this pandemic that you were trying to keep yourself busy? Were you doing any work or like distracting yourself when you felt uncomfortable or, or how did that mm. show up for you? How it showed up for me is I almost came to a dead stop mm-hmm. and then just sat with that for a little bit. Mm. I'm like, hmm, <laughs> okay, yeah. this is different. Um, and I mean, I'm already really, really super fortunate to um, have a lifestyle that is quite versatile mm-hmm. in terms of how I schedule my time. Um, so I, I came to that stop and it just seemed like I didn't want to start again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, this is good. Yeah, this kind of is nice. Yeah, I can relate to that. <laughs> um, and then I also... Um, felt that it wasn't enough um that there there started to be an inertia and a heaviness to it that wasn't serving me mm-hmm. so you know like not enough movement in my day eating foods that don't support me um watching too much netflix mm-hmm. right all, all those things i'm like no this i feel terrible mm. like not just um not just emotionally but also my body doesn't like this my mind doesn't like this um and so I decided what I really needed was some structure Mm -hmm. so then I went started teaching classes online Mm -hmm. and I also made arrangements with a friend to uh, call it the pre-work walk so I walked to her house Mm -hmm. 
we walk for a bit until she has to be at her computer for work and then I walk home and that's structure because I have to leave the house at a specific time yes yeah and teaching classes means that I need to be um in front of my video camera at a certain time Mm -hmm. um so that structure Mm-hmm. Um, created, if you will, a framework. We t- come back to tensegrity, if you will. Mm-hmm. It gave me a framework to link one part of my day to another part of my day and then decide what I wanted to put in between. Mm-hmm. Without the the structure, I, it's like I don't have an anchor. Yeah. So yeah. I started doing all that teaching mm-hmm. and that required a lot of learning. Yeah. So that engaged my brain yeah yeah got you back into a flow yeah was there anything about that process that was difficult to get back into obviously it's different now the way that you're engaging and teaching Mm -hmm. but was there anything that you know from your past life of how you were moving throughout the day that you found was actually difficult to get back in whether it was engaging teaching being disciplined doing your practice was there anything that took more to get the inertia back in? Um, yeah, my domestic chores. Yeah. Like, seriously, housework? What? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Um, and... No, I feel like I, I... I'm mostly at a place where I would like to be. Yeah. In terms of... I've got structure and I bring in things that I value. So I fill the space with things that are important to me. Mm-hmm. So between um, thing A and thing B that I have to do in my day, mm-hmm. um, I incorporate, and in fact, these are probably the most important to-dos on my, you know, my list mm-hmm. throughout the day. You know, I meditate, mm-hmm. I journal. I move. Those are the three things that I make sure that I fit into my day. Mm-hmm. And what I found without the structure is that I didn't have as much discipline to get up and come to my cushion. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like, oh, I got all day. Yeah. And when I've got all day, I really do fritter it away. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I wasn't, you know, like, a, like I try to meditate first thing in the morning. And if I don't, that's when I won't. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, and same thing with journal. If I don't journaling, if I don't journal in the morning, like it's just it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. So yeah. I need to have um, kind of a certain amount of structure that anchors all of these other things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's the difference in that speed heights need yeah. between eccentric movement and re- and letting go. Right. And I'm doing the bicep curl again. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Yeah. And what's coming up now is the this concept that we've talked about on stretching, and and maybe this will weave into what we were just talking about as well. It might be something separate. But this was another thing that really stood out to me and that I it has really changed the way that I move my body and the way that I restore my body. I, for a long time, did think that 
I needed to stretch more because my body was so sore and my hamstrings are so tight and my psoas gets really tight and then I get hip pain. And so it was just this mode of these things are tight, therefore I need to stretch them. And my husband even commented a few times, like, no one should be stretching as much as you are. Like, you Mm -hmm. you talk about being sore all the time, be like, you stretch more than anyone I know. Mm -hmm. Like, there must be something off. And I was like, no, you don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Uh, But it's true. I was adding tension to where there was already tension. And and so this was a big conversation that uh, we've had of, you know, mobility and strength versus stretching. Mm-hmm. So can you talk a little bit about that of whether it, I'm not going to tell you where to start. I'll get too grandiose with it. But what, what does that mean? What does what mean? What does stretching versus mobility and strength in terms of one being a direction that a person potentially should pay more attention to stretching versus mobility and strength? Okay. Um, stretching has value. Mm-hmm. Mostly because it feels really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. It's the Does. number one thing. I love a good stretch. Yeah. It feels great. Yeah. So if something feels great, what benefits are you going to get? Mm. Right? Your and nervous relaxed. system is going to really like it. Yes. Good yeah. chemicals. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, and so... While it's not, I, I don't think it's making a huge amount of change in your muscle, but it does. It does strengthen, mm-hmm. um, just not as effectively as the eccentric work that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and what happens in a lot of passive stretches is... Um, Meaning s- stretching without engaging any muscles? Yeah, yeah. Whether you're conscious or unconscious, would that be... Because like sometimes I could I would be watching TV, not even really paying attention to my body stretching, uh-huh. passive unconscious stretching, uh-huh. versus passive like I'm in my body, I'm feeling it, conscious stretching. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, intentional perhaps. Okay. Stretching right. Yeah. So you know, sitting a sitting forward fold. Yeah. Consciously stretching your hamstrings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and to um. I lost my train. So um, consciously stretching would be that you are choosing to do that stretch. Yeah. But you can do that, like just sitting and letting things relax. Yeah. I think that's just called being human. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Right? I don't think, I think that's just a position that you are holding. So that's alignment in a position mm-hmm. versus um, being in a position for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, you, so I'm in a, in a yoga pose called Janu Shirshasana right now, because mm-hmm. I can, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the floor. Um, uh, could also call it a one legged forward fold maybe, or side, maybe. side, just for layman terms. I'm going to do it too. Yeah. It, oh yeah. Yeah. That's the stuff. <laughs> right? It feels, <laughs> it feels good. so good. It feels so good. Um, and so I can do that and be completely just flopped to the floor. Yeah. Or I can make the muscles of my leg strong mm-hmm. and go into it. It's still stretching, but it's using Titan again. It's, mm-hmm. it's eccentric. Mm-hmm. The muscles are still lengthening and I'm engaging. So what that does do is um, 
keep me from just hanging out where in my body I can hang out and that's my joints. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there is a higher rate of, of hyperflexible people in yoga compared to um, other modalities, mm-hmm. partly because stretching feels so good and somebody who has laxity in their joints is going to go, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and often celebrated in class, even their yes. first time. I've seen yeah. it like, wow, you're a natural. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly, exactly. Um, because then, well, also they're playing to their strong suit, if you will. I'm using bunny quotes around that. So um, if I am hyperflexible, mm-hmm. my um, superpower is stretching. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where I might not have a superpower is in the strength component. Mm-hmm. And the strength is really important to the concept of, of, of mobility, yeah. which I think is what we really um, are looking for when we pursue an activity like yoga. I want to be a better mo- mover. I mm-hmm. want to be more mobile. Yeah. And you aren't going to get there efficiently with passive stretching Mm -hmm. you can do active stretching so you're using the idea of a muscle that is control or is toned or contracted Mm -hmm. but still lengthening Mm -hmm. in your stretch Mm -hmm. Um, and for the hyperflexible person that takes them out of their joints right Mm -hmm. so they'll actually start building some strength in the muscles yeah yeah Yeah. while you're Mm -hmm. still stretching and so does that strengthen, tighten then to, to keep your muscles toned, engaged as you're moving into a stretch, moving into different positions? Is that, do you think that's what strengthening tighten gives us the ability for this smooth transitional movement? Well, I haven't thought about tighten being able to get stronger. It's yeah, a protein. So, I don't right. understand how... Or maybe it would mean there would be more of it. Well, this is what happens as you develop muscle in your body. Yes you you get more sarcomeres right right mm-hmm. you, you add on a muscle that isn't used well atrophy is partly it's just like those sarcomeres are just taken away your body says you're not using it um and they take a lot of energy energy to maintain so we're just going to reabsorb them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. does that make sense yeah mm-hmm. okay um and so as we get stronger we build more sarcomeres mm-hmm um, and describe sarcomeres for our listeners. That's the motor unit, the contractile unit in your muscle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is it related to the lactin and... The actin and myosin? Actin and myosin. The actin and myosin are the proteins inside the sarcomere right. as okay. it's tightened. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, if you can think of a, a little rectangle, mm-hmm. um, and um, in that rectangle are the three proteins... Um, mm-hmm. that are that that are gripping or spiraling to allow movement yes 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 mm-hmm. and those can be more efficient as well mm-hmm. so in the two sarcomere model of of actin and myosin working um, uh, a muscle that we would call uh, weak mm-hmm. if you will there may not be enough connection or even overlap of actin and myosin for contraction to occur efficiently. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's one. Which could come up as, like, I can't even engage this muscle. Like, you're telling me to lift this or tense up and I can't do it. Yeah, that lack be... of strength. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so having the enough, enough power, enough 
um, contractile ability to move the muscle, mm -hmm. which or to contract the muscle, which will move your bones. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then, where was I? So you asked me what that is. It's a each muscle cell. Muscle cells are really huge. <laughs> Um, they're really long. Yeah. Um, and you can, you can have more, you have multiple sarcomeres in a muscle cell. Mm -hmm. So they're within the cell. There are lots of, mm. you get more if you're stronger, fewer yeah. if you're weaker. Okay. Okay. So mm -hmm. you can build them and your body will absorb them if you don't use your muscles. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's why movement's part of my day. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Move it or lose it. Yes. Um, oh, I keep doing this to you. Actin and myosin. Yeah. So I talked about like a weak muscle. There's not an, enough overlap or ability for the actin and myosin to Velcro. To Velcro. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Now another thing where we might think our muscle is short or also weak mm -hmm. is that uh, like in what I would call a short muscle, the the actin and the myosin overlap too much, hmm. and so when they contract, they can't contract very far mm. so that's a that's a tight muscle right it just it's like uh, I can't get much power out of it because there's not enough overlap mm -hmm. so though that example would be a muscle that does need to be lengthened um I th lengthened and strengthened lengthened and strengthened yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. the way to lengthen it though is more about put it through its full range of motion mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, in a conscious way. Yeah. So not jerking the body around. We'll come yes. back to that. Yeah. But actually flowing through the honey, to use that metaphor mm -hmm. you used earlier. Yeah. Of, you know, like moving in a way that you've, like in my mind, I think I am consciously engaging more muscle cells. Mm -hmm. I am like, Trying to use every muscle cell yeah. to lengthen and it's and harder. my arm. It is harder. <laughs> yeah. Which is probably why a lot of people don't want to do it. Not only is it physically tougher, but if speed hides need, a lot of the things that we need are uncomfortable to face. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. speed can also be a protection mechanism to, to continue avoiding what, oh. what is down there. Speed mm -hmm. is huge on, I think, all levels of our life for avoidance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If I don't really want to deal with something emotional, I will clean the house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. Um, and in university, when I had a paper to write, I really didn't want to do that. I didn't want to sit down and think about it. Mm -hmm. So I cleaned the house. Mm -hmm. Get moving. Just, yeah, and, and distracted. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like uh, it doesn't matter what it is, but I'm just not going to pay attention mm -hmm. to what I need to pay attention yeah. to. So I'll get busy doing something else. And have you found then when it comes back to the physical practice of developing your strength and transition, has that changed even the enjoyment of movement in general or... You know, what, what has it done for you to really be able to move like honey the way that you do? To be in those spaces is mm -hmm. not only has it potentially changed the way you practice, but do you notice that it gives you more space or perspective in the other realms of the contents of consciousness? It, 
I am way more present yeah. when I practice like I'm moving through honey versus um, moving too quickly. Mm-hmm. And it increases my enjoyment because um, I am more present mm-hmm. and I have a greater appreciation for what I'm actually doing. Mm-hmm. Um, And my body just feels better. Mm. Because when I'm moving slowly and I'm um, using my Titan, (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, I don't go all the way into my end range. I have more awareness. And so end range for me is hyper flexible, right? right? So it's beyond where I want to go Mm -hmm. um, to be stable. Yeah. In a pose. And so when I just flip my arm out, my elbow goes into hyperextension. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you get the, give the reaction that most people give. It's yeah. like, ugh. ugh. Right? Yeah. Intuitively, Ow. no. That, it's like, <laughs> yeah. that doesn't look good. Yeah. <laughs> and when I move slowly, it's like moving through honey. Um, and I'm like so much more aware of everything that's happening in my body. Mm-hmm. So you're happening. able to actually stop within your... Tensegral range. Yes. Yeah. So that you're not pushing out past yeah. the point where you lose the honey feeling. Yeah. <laughs> where I'm just kind of jerking to the end yeah. of my range of motion. Yeah. So it keeps me where I'm truly mobile. So come back to that mobility idea. Mm-hmm. Um, so mobility is about the movement that you can do with control. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I move slowly um, and I'm paying attention, I notice the signal that says, oh yeah, this is a straight elbow. Mm. Way quicker. I'm way more conscious of it. And I keep myself out of um, speed and load. So when, when we have high speed and high load together, Mm-hmm. That and that can be jerking your body from position to position. Mm-hmm. That's when injury happens. Yeah, our tissues like load, mm-hmm. and our bodies really like us to be able to control that load. Yeah, and even that, you know, moving your arms slow like that. It's just there's so many little sensations. Every tiny little movement creates a new sensation. Mm-hmm. But of course, if you move quick, you're missing so much of that. Mm-hmm. I think one of the other speed notes we came up with, and, and you kind of already talked about this a bit, but what it was speed hides compensation patterns. Yes. And so I guess that would be what you had said of, you know, you might just get into this this pathway of moving in this one way consistently. So yes. you're building these muscles while these other muscles are atrophying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So compensation patterns can really be holding or making us move in ways that are not serving us long-term. Correct. Right? But if we're moving quickly and we're just trusting that, oh, my, I'm sure I'm walking normally, mm-hmm. uh, but you don't ever actually stop to look at maybe what your compensation patterns are. Mm-hmm. You're just moving throughout your day. You could be doing a disservice, harming your body until it gets to the point where it just breaks down on you. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm. Because for we're adaptable, for better yeah. or for worse. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a brilliant mechanism that becomes maladaptive when we're not really paying attention to it. Well, I our 
our brain is trying to keep us safe and um, will adapt. So it's like if you are going to do this movement repeatedly, mm -hmm. for example, we will make it easier for you to do repeatedly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. mm. And that can go too far, right? The yes. repetitive strain yeah. scenario. Which even is similar, again, it's the mental or emotional or spiritual realm. If, if what comes up is even like addiction. Mm -hmm. How our body can be craving or asking for something that cognitively we know mm -hmm. this is not serving me anymore. Mm -hmm. But it's like the body has said, well, you, you've been feeding me this for years, so now mm -hmm. it's what I want. And it's, it's what I've associated as what I need. Mm -hmm. Can yeah, it's it's interesting that our body can really end up kind of driving us in a direction that's destructive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's been, you know, truthfully part of my challenge through the whole COVID thing mm -hmm. is I have um, reengaged my love affair with carbs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having way more carbs now than I have in years. Mm. And um, the brain has a reward system. It's like carbs, good. Just got a great hit of energy. Mm -hmm. Do that again. Yeah. <laughs> this is comfort. Yeah. yeah. Soothing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it was um, wine. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's just like every night. I just, I just wanted some wine. It just, yeah. And, and very um, consciously, actually, of like, I know I'm drinking more than... Mm -hmm. I have in the past and that I would want to continue and for pretty much three months it was probably five days a week that we would have a glass of wine and it mm -hmm. was just like we're just gonna allow ourselves to have a little bit more comfort right now mm -hmm. and but again because it, I was aware of it and conscious of it it's not something that I'm worried about I'm not, mm -hmm. not drinking every night mm -hmm. but it was a very noticeable thing that I my body was wanting more comfort yes mm -hmm. yeah absolutely so carbs was that for you yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and you know, in some ways, wine is carbs too. Sugar. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just call it a carb from now on. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Mm. Well, what else is, what are you excited about? We'll come back to that first question that I went into two different directions and then came back to one. So what, what are you excited about right now? What comes up for you and whether it's, you're curious about it, it lights you up, you're excited about it. Um, I'm actually excited about uh, the opportunity for um, Inspired Yoga Institute to incorporate more um, online content mm. that is evergreen. Mm -hmm. So that, um, and this reflection came back in the teacher training that the anatomy that I put up um, online, because mm -hmm. that was like, the that was April, May. Mm. Um, and so we weren't meeting in person. So I put all of the anatomy content online. Yeah. And then we also had live Zoom sessions. And quite a few reflected back to me that um, like, whether we whether your future trainings are in person or online, keep that. Mm. They really felt like it was value added. Yeah, I could see that. It's learning anatomy. It's it's a lot. It is a lot. So having that broken down and saved, where I could move through it in my own time and revisit, and yes. their structure. Yes. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's yeah. cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so um, it's inspired me to do that with um, other things, including the mm -hmm. uh, yoga and movement science 
um, mentorship mentorship mm-hmm. that you did with me. Yeah. I would love to make that into some teachable content mm-hmm. and um, and have a blended let's meet in person mm-hmm. um, and online version of it and then a fully online version of it. Yes, nice. Yeah. Mm. So some more variety, more, more variety. Yeah. So the being able to um so it's actually taken me in a direction that I wanted to go and I talked about this before but you know I kept putting off, putting off. It's like for future Nora will do that. Mm-hmm. And future Nora is here. Yeah. It's like, okay, <laughs> you're doing this because now I don't have any excuses. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because the um, status quo isn't the status quo anymore. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it'll go back there. Yeah. Yeah. I think that how convenient the online teachings are. Yeah. Has really I think it's it's changed um personal or wellness industry big time. Yes. It's so accessible now. And yes. as I'd mentioned too, the the couple sessions that I've had um with a teacher that normally would would only be online. Um, only in person. Sorry, only on person, in person. Uh-huh. And, and having these experiences online and realizing how powerful and potent and, and how safe I felt, it, it changed my mind completely on what's possible with online. Uh-huh. And now people are asking for it and they yes. want it. Yeah. So it's, it's less of needing even that feeling of I need to convince people to uh-huh. meet me online. It's now like there are people at the door waiting yes. for this online to happen. Yes. So it's, it's a pretty great thing to to really step into and Mm -hmm. I've been it was a big surprise to me that I enjoyed it and am enjoying it as much as I am Mm -hmm. so my private clients moved from in-person to online Mm. they were really hesitant many of them were really hesitant of like "Uh, okay we'll try it yeah Mm -hmm. you know for the rest of the what we've got booked but I don't know you know Mm -hmm. and I have one client it's like no I'm not going to see you until we can meet in person forget it Mm. Right, so I haven't heard from this person since March. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, where was I going? Oh yeah, um, they actually prefer it. They prefer it. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. yeah. They prefer it because it's, um, it's just quicker, right? Yeah. 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 And That's a big part of it, isn't it? <laughs> yes, and they're not paying my travel. I charge a travel if I go to someone's place. Yeah. Um, they're not paying that. Yeah. So it's a savings for them too. Mm-hmm. So it makes it more affordable. Yeah. Um, and I was surprised uh, and teaching my um, regular yoga classes mm-hmm. as I would have done if I were teaching in person. Mm-hmm. Just different times, but the same same things. And then having that same community of people who are taking live classes with me show up on my laptop, mm-hmm. it was so important for me in terms of feeling community connection. Mm-hmm. It's not the same as, as you know being in the same room as we are right now. Mm-hmm. And... It's wonderful to see familiar faces. We're all sharing something that we enjoy and we're spending time and energy together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's really neat. So I very much enjoy the interpersonal connection mm-hmm. that's being facilitated mm-hmm. 
um, with the technology. Mm. And in September, I'm doing live um, classes as um, and keeping my online stuff. Two online classes and one live class. Where will you teach live? Um, I've rented space at Crescent Heights Community Center. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's it's big enough that we can physically distance mm-hmm. for the number of people that I would, you know, kind of like my maximum. Yeah. Yeah. And it will be similar to what you've done before where it, is it, well, is it going to be drop-in each time or is it more of a series? I'm like not doing yeah drop-in classes anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things that I've had the space to contemplate. Yeah. Of like, I'm doing this. Do I enjoy it? Is it mm-hmm. what I want to be doing? Um, and no, my classes will be registered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because of a number of factors. One, um, uh, we moved together as a community through a series. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I get to know them, they get to know me, and um, because we see each other each week consistently, mm-hmm. I can guide them to more progress in their practice. Right. Yeah, it's hard to really see compensation patterns with just one class, right? Yes, or yeah. sporadic attendance. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really feel like um, I'm I'm serving them, yeah. and I'm being more intentional about what I'm teaching. Because mm-hmm. uh, that's another component. You know, if it's a dropping class, there there isn't necessarily any progression because you don't know who's going to show up in your class on any particular day. Mm-hmm. It's hard to even plan ahead of, I would like to help people develop the skills to do a handstand. Well, mm-hmm. I can't do that so much in a, in a, a drop-in class when somebody's at their very first yoga class. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's part of it. Um, part of it also is understanding um, who I've, I want to serve um, in the role as a, as a teacher. Mm-hmm. And I really want to teach people who are experienced practitioners. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not interested. There's so many skillful people who can teach beginners. Mm-hmm. I much prefer teaching experienced people. It doesn't mean that you have to be able to do a handstand. Mm-hmm. However, it means that you've cultivated through your practice a certain amount of mind-body awareness Mm -hmm. that allows us to move forward. Yes. To refine that, Mm -hmm. to expand on that. So that would mean less less energy, time, and attention from you on helping someone build the basics so that you can actually allow and hold space for people to flourish and tune into these little nuanced things that are more about tighten and transition (laughs) versus like, this is how you stand. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Um, and, and I've been told that, that to do that is, is also not making good use of, um, my skill and experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've, I actually got a little bit of a hand slap around that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to have wise counsel around you. It is. It mm-hmm. is. So I'm listening to that as well. Yeah. That. Um, I'm better off serving people who are experienced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, good. I'm happy to hear that. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that is in the class realm as well as the teaching realm. Mm-hmm. So I've got my um, thinking cap on as to how I can expand more into offering um, opportunities for yoga teachers. 
Hmm. Even if it's taking a class with an experienced yoga teacher, mm-hmm. can't always get that mm-hmm. at a time when yoga teachers can take classes, mm-hmm. right? Middle of the afternoon. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Yeah, so. Lots of good expansion going on for you. So yeah. really, the it's like the pandemic for you, full stop, was really yeah. that contraction. Yes. Speaking of Sponda, contraction. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And I, you're really in expansion right mm-hmm. now. Expanding online, lots of cool ideas going on. Yeah. I feel really peaceful energy from you and I know there's of course you're human you've got stuff going on in your life Mm -hmm. but there's yeah there's just this nice kind of easeful accepting neutrality Mm -hmm. which I think it's really cool to feel that with you Mm, thanks Mm -hmm. (laughs) that might be the I'm I'm accruing benefit from my meditation practice. Mm. Actually, I wanted to ask you about that as well, because you mentioned you're on a streak of over 300 days of, of a very... Is it the same meditation you're listening to? No, it's to? a different one every day. So it's okay. guided. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm using an app, and mm-hmm. um, um, with a teacher I respect, and this is where I, I was talking about the consciousness and its contents, mm-hmm. because that's a lot of what I am present with when mm. I sit on my cushion and I'm guided to be present with. Okay. Yeah. And what, what's the app called? Waking up. Right. Waking up. So leaning over here. I talked about the book as well. So the book is mm. called waking up a guide to spirituality without religion by mm. Sam Harris. Yeah. So my brother recommended Sam Harris to me. Um, hmm because he follows Sam Harris's teaching I don't know what you want to call it um his podcasts and his his, his books he's written several books mm-hmm. um more from the socio-political side of things mm-hmm. and then got curious about the meditation side mm-hmm. and so that's where I've met Sam Harris I'm you know my, my brother introduced him as one of the um, four horsemen of um, the atheist apocalypse or something like that. <laughs> well, that's funny. That's where I recall now that I first um, experienced the app and, and Sam Harris was my, my dad sent it uh-huh. um, to me, the, the free trial for one month yes. or three weeks or two weeks, whatever it was. And my dad said he'd been using it consistently and he's really enjoying it. And mm-hmm. my dad is very science pragmatic mm-hmm. Um and you know he knows meditation is important he always has funny gadgets of like this is an alpha stim to help me mm-hmm. stimulate my brain waves and mm-hmm. so he's always up on this new age stuff and he was using the app and and so i used it for just the free trial but i think i used it every single day mm-hmm. and i loved the progression mm-hmm. of just what stood out to me was there were two things so one was that he consistently really helped me feel that that yeah that state of consciousness the the zone of consciousness and how things just kind of come in mm-hmm. and how you can illuminate sound you can zoom into it mm-hmm. and then you can also zoom out yeah it's you know and so it's I can zoom into this one instrument or I can zoom out and I can hear the orchestra mm-hmm. and what the other thing I've loved that he did consistently is at the end the final minute of every meditation was just start over yeah, and I it was yeah. hearing that consistently of it doesn't matter 
what your experience has been like yet. Just be humble and start over. And those those two things, just from the two weeks I was doing it, have that's it's changed the way that I teach meditation. Yes. Me mm. too. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So does that continue on every so every meditation is, is different? There's there's that well, many? He probably has I, I'm like he I'm I don't know for sure, but I'm gonna guess about around a hundred um, recorded meditations okay. and he will keep refreshing them but mm. every now and then it's like oh yeah I remember hearing that one mm. but it's so spaced out mm-hmm. that it's not mm. and it's great because it's like oh yeah I remember hearing that one and then I repeat it mm-hmm. you know like two months later and um, pick up on more than I did the right. first time yeah so good things to repeat mm-hmm. yes absolutely <laughs> mm. yeah so I've been doing that for <laughs> check, I can check on my phone exactly. Yes, because the app is right here in my first window. You get a gold star for how long your streak is. Um, three hundred and seven days. Whew. that's good. I'll well hold done. a party for myself. Yeah, <laughs> that's I'll so do a good. longer meditation on day three sixty five. Are you still doing your own meditation? Do you do self-guided or is this This is it. I switched to this because um, having done it for a while, I realized how inattentive I was being Mm -hmm. in my meditation where I was not consciously choosing to follow my thoughts. I was just caught up in them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and then 20 minutes, half an hour go by and and I'm like, where was I? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think I zoned out. I don't know if that was yeah, meditation. Yeah, so I was finding, yeah. yes. So mm. um, so prior to that, I would joke about saying, I don't know if I actually meditate. Yes. I think I contemplate. Yeah. <laughs> I just sit with my eyes closed. <laughs> <laughs> and, mm. and so this, I find that it keeps me, um, that just having him every now and then say, notice what you're thinking in this moment. Mm-hmm. Like, just pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, did you even know, <laughs> in my own head, did I even know that that thought was there? Right. You were just so in it. I was just so in it. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. coming back to your meditation on, you know, like, um, getting frustrated, is it, do you even hear the sound anymore or just the sound of you telling yourself how frustrated you are? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. That that definitely, as I'm thinking more about it, is a big part of how I started to understand how to turn towards something. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so often I hear, would hear these concepts um, and it didn't really land. Like, mm-hmm. turn towards. Like, you know, you notice the thought, turn towards it. For me, it was like gibberish. Like, I don't know how to do that. Pay but, attention to it. Right. And yeah. it, it was just, it was the way he describes it. Uh-huh. That really, he kind of walks you through each of the senses. Like, the first... Mm-hmm. 20 meditations are vastly different yes. in the sense that he's adding more in. Yes. It is a, it's a really cool training. And so mm-hmm. it makes sense when my dad loved it as well. Um, but that's, that's how I, I experienced it enough to understand where that space is and what it actually means to turn towards and notice something mm-hmm. without being in it and, mm-hmm. and engaging or getting wrapped up in it. It, it really helped me develop that space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I might have to get back into that one. I can send you another free one. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, so um, just on the back of the book here, mm-hmm. um, I think you were, you, something you said connected me back to kind of more, your dad being more 
um, science yeah. oriented. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, also one of the things I liked about his approach. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do appreciate, and he has a PhD in neuroscience. And mm-hmm. I think that is one of the things that shines through in how he teaches. Yeah. Like, and I, you, you've met me. Mm-hmm. I have an appreciation for the science mm-hmm. behind a lot of what we do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's allowed me to appreciate inversely, um, like I'm going through the Yoga Sutras again, mm. but understanding what's happening in meditation from this from um, Sam Harris's perspective uh, of coming back to consciousness and its contents mm-hmm. really helps me understand what some of the sutras mean from a different perspective. Mm. So when I think of that sutra that I've quoted a few times now, mm-hmm. um, that yoga is chitta vritti nirodaha, of yoga being the, the quietening, the calming, or the stilling of the, of the vrittis, which are your thoughts and feelings, mm-hmm. that your thoughts and feelings are the contents of consciousness. Mm-hmm. And it's not that, and what we're stilling is not the fact that they're there, but we're stilling our relationship with them Mm -hmm. they can just be we can just be Mm -hmm. rather than there needing to be this action of engaging Mm -hmm. either consciously well mostly unconsciously yeah getting into habit right almost like the the attachment to it as if they are us yes i need to if i want to have an experience of bliss i need to not have these thoughts Uh when that's so not the point Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So the concept in the Yoga Sutras of Varagya, mm-hmm. which is essentially clear seeing, mm-hmm. that's what we're doing. I see that these are contents mm-hmm. of consciousness, mm-hmm. and I have a choice. Mm-hmm. And I see them for what they are, rather than the story that I say that they are. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? The window blind thing is just a window blind thing. Mm-hmm. But you can create a story around it that makes it about frustration and anger and impatience or whatever. Mm -hmm. Hmm. So that's what I think Viragya is about when they talk about it uh, in the Yoga Sutras. Hmm. Just being able to see what things really are. Hmm. Are you finding it's giving you some more tangibility or the utility of the sutras by relating it to neuroscience of... Like, this is something I, you can understand and kind of practice now instead of the, oh, that sounds nice. Um, I think it, it's deepening my appreciation for um, what was wisdom from a time where they didn't have the science to back it up mm. and how spot on they were. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 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 They were up to something. They figured it out without Mm -hmm. the technology that we have to figure it out. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Which really means there's got to be another form of technology. Well, I think our, our form is, is Mm -hmm. that the highest technology. Mm -hmm. The human brain is just, um, yeah, really interesting. Mm-hmm. So what what I'm reading from the waking up book right now is is I am this, hmm. and that's also something that comes up in yoga. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. You know, like, who am I? And what is it to be? Right. What does that even mean? What does that mean? <laughs> yeah. So that's my next little foray. I was like, what? What? Who am I? What is this? Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's a great, uh, great reflection question to be sitting in. Mm-hmm. Speaking of rabbit holes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That can be a big one. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. The big, the big question that so many of us tr- um, find challenging. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some people find purpose with that right away. Mm-hmm. Um, and others are like, yeah, I still don't get it. Yeah, <laughs> still seeking. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so wonderful. Well, I, uh, I feel like this is a good place to wrap it up. Okay. Um, I will include your information again in the show notes. So, oh, thank yeah. you. Yeah, so if they're, you know, we'll connect to see if there's anything else other than your website or Instagram. But, uh I know people can find you that way. Mm-hmm. Um, it, was there anything else that you didn't speak to that's, that's coming up that you'd want to share or, you know, anything that feels like a, a loose thread to, to close this conversation? I don't feel loose thread, threads. Mm-hmm. I feel um, a deep sense of appreciation mm-hmm. for uh, you making this uh, into an opportunity for us to, um, connect Mm -hmm. and be in each other's presence and share some ideas. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's special. So thank you very much for that. Mm -hmm. So I'm deeply, deeply grateful for the, the connection and the communication and yeah. Mm -hmm. Shared space. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel the same way. Mm -hmm. And I just want to, do it more. Yes, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I've actually, I found this, this speaking of structure, this podcast has been really important for me to actually create some structure with, with a few people that I do really want to foster deeper, longer term connections with. And have just found that I struggle a little bit often with whether it's social anxiety or my moods can be a little bit up and down and it makes me pull away from people mm-hmm. and having this structure of this podcast has been really wonderful for that reason to really bring some structure into conversation so it, it's, it's something that I feel more accountable to mm-hmm. and and so it's I just find that that's really it's an interesting piece of of why I'm doing this podcast that I don't think I was super clear on when I first started it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so an unexpected um bonus yeah benefit totally yeah mm-hmm. structure and connection mm-hmm. um connection is is something that i place a lot of value on mm-hmm. and um sometimes it does take structure structure to foster mm-hmm. connection for sure yeah yeah yeah, yeah. two different energies to start coming together a little bit more it mm-hmm. can, yeah mm-hmm. can take some time <laughs> <laughs> well um when we were um, speaking before I talked about you know the part of the, the structure of of going for a walk in the mornings with a friend yeah. prior to her having to start work mm-hmm. um it is a much of as much about moving my body as fostering connection mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um, it's one of the uh, most essential parts of being human is is our need for community for connection mm-hmm. and so you're creating that 
through this. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Mm, thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you everyone for listening. And um, Nora and I would both love to hear your questions if you have any. So thanks. Thank you, Nora. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Marin. Mm-hmm. It was fun. Yeah, bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. You can find me on social media at Dopamine, that's D-O-P-E-A-M-E, or on my website under that same title, dopamine.com. Please subscribe to this podcast if you enjoyed it, and do not hesitate to reach out if you have questions or comments. I would love to hear what you want to learn more about. So until next time, love big and play big. Peace.